start to publish episode for Is It Observable? So provide content that are meaningful for the community. I don't know, like if you know or not, but the Henry is like one of the greatest developer relations that available in the entire world. So how's done? So we will discuss that, and as you can see, uh, he also has his own YouTube channel. So we will also talk about that, like he's a fake guy and how he deals with that advocacy and stuff. So for the without disturbing anything, I'm going ahead. Let me introduce the Hedrick and he will be the only one who can introduce himself. So Hedrick, go go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, so first of all, thank you for uh, having me on the show. Uh, so uh, my name is Henrik Rexhead. I am uh, working at Antrace as a cloud native advocate, uh, but uh, I'm more focused on everything related to open source and specifically open observability frameworks and anything uh, that runs into Kubernetes because I think there is a lot of fantastic solutions out there and it desires to be promoted and to increase the adoptions of those products. So, uh, also, uh, would you like to tell us like what actually you work on and uh, how you tell you that advocacy uh, or like... Uh, so, at the moment, uh, I'm working on plenty of topics. There's plenty of things uh, uh, on my uh, on my plate. Um, so I, I currently, so I have the, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm start to publish episode for Is It Observable? So provide content that are meaningful for the community. Um, so now, because uh, it's almost summer, it's a, a, at least in, in uh, the north part of the, the planet, uh, it will be, um, it means that I will have some vacations. So I need to uh, produce lots of content so then I can just schedule them and, and uh, be uh, and enjoy my my uh, day off. So at the moment, I'm work, I'm um, researching on a couple of different solutions. So uh, the next episode that will be released, uh, I'm talking about the event-driven architecture. So how to to trace and, and build distributed tracing in those type of environments. Um, the next, the other one, I I, um, I had a discussion and uh, with the the founder of a solution called Kival, uh, who is providing um, an open source solution called Odigos. For Kubernetes, so I, I looked at it. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm. So uh, stay tuned. There will be a, a more, more content dedicated to that solution. Uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping into um, the world of the API gateway, the gateway API, uh, the ambient mesh. Uh, looking at uh, what you were getting out of that uh, in terms of first of all, in terms of configuration, but what's the value for uh, people who is want to extend the observability, and I'm pretty sure that there will be a lot of interesting things coming out of there. So that's more on the is it observable side. Uh, on the on more on the the day-to-day Dynatrace part, uh, there is a lot of new initiatives coming in in Dynatrace. Especially, we released this year uh, the new platform having different uh, uh, modules, different things, and uh, we, we try to promote that uh, as much as possible. And I mean in uh, in the case, in my case, I'm, I'm working closely with the, the team that works with on the community sides of the uh, 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 the community support. Uh, so I'm trying to uh, build content and and um, and yeah, explain what what we do, how we do things, uh, and what's the value of this new platform. Uh, what was what are we going to save or help 
for for end users. Yeah, it is like awesome things you are doing, Clarity. And I knew already, but yeah, like most of the audience will have a bit more of this. Other than that, uh, as you told about, you are trying to learn about the ambient ways and API gateways. Yeah, any help required, you can see me. <laughs> I have given a lot of talks on this. So it is really awesome uh, technology. Like, it is really awesome. Like, how, how the like, you won't have that proxy attached, side attached, and just one proxy for more. It's like awesome technology. So yeah, uh, it is one of the technologies if our audio want to learn and what the open source. Yeah, it's a good part because it's years going very fast, and uh, you you may be getting larger updates. <laughs> so. Uh, moving ahead, I would like to ask Hendrik, like, so how you get into the cloud and how, how, like, you are now the world of person as a developer, the generator. So, uh, what was the journey being ever like? What, what affected you to like come into the cloud later and become the developer? Actually, it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, good question. Um, so, I, uh, I started my career as a, as a developer, uh, and then I, uh, were very much uh, working as a consultant in project with uh, databases. So I, 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 when I started my career, I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a DBA because I, I really liked it, the, the, how to store things and how to architecture things. So I was, I thought it was that that was going to be my passion, uh, my, the way that the, my career. And then one day uh, I, I finished one of the projects and as a consultant, you know, it's not good to have no projects anymore. <laughs> You have to get a project, and uh, one guy in the in the in the in the hall of uh, the company I was working for says, "Hey, uh, are you available?" I say, "Yeah, sure, I want to work." And then he says, uh, "Do you want to work as a performance engineer?" Or at the, at the time, it was not performance engineer; it was called performance tester. And I heard the I just heard the term testing, and I said, "Oh my god, no, no, I don't want to do testing. I want to I want to build things. I want to code things." And and then he. I spent a weekend, I looked at what actually is all about performance engineering and performance testing. And I thought, oh man, uh, there's a lot of opportunity here. I may learn a lot of things by working there. So since at that, from that moment, I spent almost 15 years uh, on my career, heavily dedicated on optimizing wow. things, uh, architecture things, reconfiguring things, uh, stressing and figure out bottlenecks. And, uh, and then two years ago, I, uh, I, w- I was working uh, at different level in, as a performance engineer, uh, uh, as a consultant, as an architect, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I finished my career as a DevRel for a, a software vendor. So I was somehow the DevRel for that company. And uh, two years ago, I decided to, yeah, to change. And I thought, oh, my performance is great. I love it. But I want to I wanna go uh, broad, cover broader topics and I think the cloud was something that I was very interested. In. I was I, I have st- tested a lot of uh, different platform, and I, and I want to invest my time a bit more on that. So that that's why um, I uh, had the chance to join Dynatrace, and Dynatrace said, "Oh, uh, so you know performance engineering is great, but now your thing is going to be Kubernetes." I said, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> I would say the first two months I was basically doing 100 percent of uh, 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 training or, or trying to to get at least. Uh, a good understanding on, on what's the value of that and how you can structure and so on and and uh, since then I didn't I never yeah I never uh, 
left Kubernetes. Uh, it's my day-to-day. -day, uh, every morning I open a command line, I do some st some queries, I do some some, some stuff. Uh, I I'm re I really love uh, the. It's a for me it's a different community for sure. Uh, I think the performance engineering community is great. It's awesome. People are, are very passionate. They want to learn things. But on the cloud space, it's a similar um, atmosphere, but very warm and very welcome. Everyone is is nice. Very everyone is welcoming. Yes, yes. Uh, and I think what is great is people is uh, everyone is is open, has their eyes open on the market, and and they are not taking everything. Um, they are trying to build things, and I I really like that community in the sense where people are smart. And uh, they understand the value of various components that are out there, and they are doing great things. So I, I'm really excited to uh, to now interact more with uh, with the, the cloud native community uh, for, for sure. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, like the community community is like most welcoming and most motivating person community. Because well, like everyone is there to help you. Like any any time you ask doubt to anyone, they will solve your doubts. If you need anything, they will happy to help you. And community is also largest, one of the largest communities. So yeah, go ahead and ask anywhere and people will be more that happy to contribute also. Like they will be happy to con uh, contribute in the sense of a blog, contribute in the sense of open source project, also sense in the, uh, like also if you want to uh, submit the talk anywhere, they will more than happy to collaborate with you. So yeah, it happens there. All, all together. So knowing about your journey, it was really uh, like really awesome. Like performance engineering, uh, or like short. I'm hearing this word first time from anyone. <laughs> I never knew the performance engineering. So you build your major years in the performance engineering. So it is it is something about uh dealing with the testing and uh, high level testing, and then how you uh how you impact the engineer's life using that right if i'm not wrong so it's everything is about uh you have an architecture and the you potentially in that architecture obviously you will have spikes and and spike will generate problems in in your environment and the idea is that first of all a, a good performance engineer is is a, is all about understanding the entire architecture working closely with developers to see okay this is Ooh. This is how you load balance your service. This is how you're going to make the auto-scaling rules. And then the, your performance engineering comes into place, set up the right strategy to test because the, you, we want to apply load, but it doesn't make sense to just stress because stress is great, but sometimes stress will just discover problems that are never going to happen in real life. So the idea is to, to simulate something that is realistic, to uh, align with something, uh, traffic that may happen in production take into account the user traffic, but also probably, I don't know, event messaging or could be batch processing, could be, there's plenty of different tasks or process running an environment, taking everything into, into together and then simulate that simulation by stressing the servers. Collecting, of course, this is where Observity is, is a, a, an element which is very important for a performance engineer. Uh, to, you do a short test, so you need as much details as, you, as, as possible so uh, almost um, almost just raw data, and then from there you you, you look at the the behavior from traces, from metrics, from logs, and then you say, okay, here is not doing well. If I want to auto scale and have my service ready, uh, because auto scaling is great, but 
uh, people never realize that, yeah, yes, I'm going to go to scale, but keep in mind that your workload will, yes, you will add an extra pod, but the pod will be ready in 30 seconds. So if you have a huge spike in 30 seconds, uh, you may die. So you, you need to, uh, to configure the right thresholds to avoid dying in, in the middle of the day or middle of the night in your production hours. So that, that's, that's about performance. And also the great thing is, is it's funny because when I, I 10 years ago, uh, when we, we were implementing what we call failure testing, so we were generating stress on the environment. And then we knew that we had different, uh, different data centers or different services. So we were intentionally cutting out lines. So shutting down the network lines between uh, one service to the other, measure uh, how it was reacting, and then reporting if we were reliable. And that's funny because at that time, nothing were, nobody, we, as a performance engineer, everyone was doing it, or at least the good performance engineer was doing it. But nobody out there on the market was doing it. And suddenly, a few years after, suddenly uh, Netflix and the others were talking about chaos engineering, saying, oh, we're going to inject failures, we're going to disrupt the network. I say, hey, gosh, this is something we've been doing since since decades as a performance engineer. So now I think it's great because the, this, this, this notion of injecting failure which which was part of a, a performance engineering task now is is getting uh, uh, normal for for organizations and they use it uh, as an uh, sorry practice so I think it's very exciting I think the way we've been uh, testing our our applications the way we've been trying to uh, make our systems more reliable through those tests um, has been more being better and better because organizations are getting mature and more mature and they understand the value of that. And I think now for people investing their time in that performance engineering field, I think it's very exciting because they will touch lots of technology, uh, lots of different use cases. So it's, I think it's a, it's a great way of learning things in general. I get it, I get it. So uh, what I understood now, it is one kind of a combination between the solution engineer and a field engineer where you deal with various things and you provide the solutions uh, also in the architecture of solution for sure. So it is one of the awesome thing I am about today. So I learned something from learning from me. So thanks for that. Uh, other than that, so uh, what are the, like, what are the projects you, do you think like you are proud of? I <laughs> think, and you are building currently, which is helping the, uh, helping the community, which is also helping the sustainability. What are the things you, uh, you, you, you are like you can like most of right. So I think I I I mean I try to develop things, but I'm a bad developer. I mean, I I've been a developer a few years back, but I would say that the code that I'm producing compared to other people that produce beautiful code, my code is just awful. I do things, I know how to do things, but I will never take my code as hey, this is gonna be uh, reliable for production usage. At least when I build my code, it's doing what I, I, I desire. So um, so I try to code, like I would say, experimental stuff. And then I try to give back that to someone who says, you are a better developer and you will probably do a more beautiful code. So don't pay attention to how I structure the code. Um, so what I'm working at the moment is obviously I try to educate uh, because it, I think there is so many projects out there, uh, so many things going on, and we are all having pressure. We are all working on something, and sometimes we don't have the time to step back and say, oh, uh, how can I do this? 
And so I try to um, be helpful to the community by providing content. It could be on open telemetry. Uh, it could be on uh, FlynnBit, FlynnD, on stuff related to Kubernetes in general. Um, and I, I, I think that I won't just help because I think uh, suffering from uh, not having the right moment or time to uh, dig in in a, a solution, it's, it's quite frustrating. And then you're just uh, running everywhere and you're not able to implement things. So this is what I'm trying to do the most. And every time I, I, I see a project that, that has some value, or that is helping um, a lot, or there is a, a big potential behind the scene, I try to code um, an, an integration. So I look at how uh, the application works, how you can build extensions, and then from there I try to code it. Again, it's going to be experimental. I don't expect people user. I mean, it could be done in a better way, but I think it's just to prove to the to the market, to the community that yes, it's possible. Um, that that technically, if you look at things, you you can build uh, yourself uh, awesome stuff. Uh, so that's where I'm I'm trying to spend most of my time. And one thing that I also um, uh, very invested in is everything related to open telemetry. I'm really excited by the open telemetry, uh, uh, open standard of open telemetry. Yeah. What is providing to the market? Um, the fact that we have now a standard and and we can basically now rely on an agnostic libraries to produce our telemetry data and then inject it in Dynatrace or whatever we want. So I'm trying as much as possible to help uh, this, the open telemetry community by uh, providing content. Uh, if I have uh, customers or prospect that has issues to help them out. Um, and there is a, a working group called the end user research group from open telemetry where we try to bring end user share their experience because I think it's it's even stronger and better when if you have a real end user or an end customer who is using open territory in production and just sharing their experience because I think uh, people were will be more interested to say oh he did it uh, what was the journey how did he increase the adoptions internally I think all those type of questions if if an end user or another vendor is explaining that I think it, it's more more powerful and more useful. So I think this this U U research group is is all about bringing the users, let them let bring uh, let's let them ask questions, let them share their knowledge, and I think that is exciting because I think if we want to any open source project, uh, the most important thing is the adoptions. If you have no adoptions, then yeah, the project may <laughs> yeah die. Definitely. Thanks for sharing that insight. It's like so yeah. To summarize, like you have like explained about the old elementary and uh, how sustaining you can uh, is important. And uh, going ahead, how uh, like if some audience, if you want to apply, contribute to the old elementary community, you can contact Hendrik anytime. It's not acting uh, in different content that I'm saying. So, also, uh, I would like to ask, like, if you don't mind. Uh, you are creating different content and different uh, kind of thing doing uh, as you said like exciting stuff would you mind if you were like to share any any like uh, anything to our audience if you have anything created uh, so we, we will know mind <laughs> other than that uh, also people would like to know like what you do 
uh, outside the work, like uh, how you are helping the community, like you have your own YouTube channel, right? Where you educate the folks on the various technologies, various projects, open source projects, and the various collaborative projects. So I know already, but uh, yeah, audience will be excited. No, so yeah, but so uh, so yeah. First, so I'm 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 working uh, out of the work on different things. So is observable is obviously my key channel. Uh, I try to dedicate it for observability content and cloud native observability. So open telemetry, SRE, and, and open observability frameworks. Side of that, I um, because like I mentioned, I because I've been working so much so long in my career as a performance engineer, um, I have uh, um, included a group, a working group called Perfbytes. So they used to be out there uh, providing podcasts mainly, and then they slowly moved to YouTube. So I, I'm part of the the team. I'm, a pro, I'm one of the producers. We try to do once a month or Awesome, awesome. Some, 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 some live stream about dedicated for performance engineering content. And uh, because my colleague, my friend, uh, Leandro Melendez, working for Grafana, he's uh, doing Perfite Espanol, Senior Performo. Uh, I am going to launch because I live in France. I'm going to probably launch uh, with a, a, a partner, a colleague of mine, the Perfite Francais. So, uh, uh, so, so people are looking for French content for on performance engineering. I will uh, provide that uh, to the community. But again, this is a uh, this is more like a weekend task, so I tr I don't try to work. Uh, I try to also uh, enjoy uh, my private life. So, uh, in for my private uh, life, I like to cook. I I love uh, cooking. Uh, I love to enjoy nature. Do some hiking, uh, mountain biking, skiing, uh, and yeah, everything that just being outside close to the mountains or close to the sea. So I do also windsurfing as well. I, I just love it. Uh, spending, uh, spending my time outside. I mean, I don't, I mean, for those who is doing homeworking, I know it's awesome, but sometimes, uh, being working 10 hours in front of your laptop, you're just happy on the weekend to be outside and just enjoy fresh air. Thanks for that. Babe, today. It is, it is awesome. So, uh, so yeah, so. You mentioned you mentioned about a, a content that I, I um, I'm currently preparing. Uh, so I have a small uh, issue. So my um, um, for some reason I was starting a, a, a cluster of you before uh, before we met and uh, have a techno issue. But what I can do instead of that, I can share you um, some explanation about event-driven architecture. Uh, so um, if you're doing event-driven uh, tracing. Uh, this is the content that will be released in, in less than a week. Um, there are a few things that you have to consider. Um, again, let me know uh, if you make sense or not. Uh, uh, otherwise, we can I can just briefly tease it, not showing so much. I'll let you know if you're interested. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would like to know. Like, yeah, it is awesome things. Yeah. So in, in, a, in an event-driven architecture, as you know, uh, it's, it's, it's different from a traditional architecture where we have microservices uh, you, where there is a, a producer, the producer will send some message uh, to a broker or to a, something that will receive the message. And then you have consumers that will consume the message. So um, a, a normal architecture is like a, a phone call where you say, uh, I'm, I'm calling someone, I ask some questions. And once everyone has, uh, once we answer all the different questions, we just hang up. 
um, in the event-driven architecture world is different. It's almost like a mail. You send a mail and then you don't expect technically an answer. Um, so, but you don't control how many people will answer to your, your message. Uh, especially if you send a Twitter message, you can have thousand people answering to you or reacting to your message or zero. Um, so, um, when you do, when you do tracing in those environments, it's very important, first of all, because you want to figure out what is going on in your, in your process. That's the part of the observer observability, but sometimes, but when you design the tracing on even driven architecture, the, the normal way of tracing is to build an end-to-end -end trace, which means I start from service A and the back end is service F, let's say, and now I'll go through all those services one by one. If I have an event driven yeah. architecture, I send a message and technically I can have six or seven consumers or, or less that will start a process. So, which means if I do an end-to-end -end trace from that perspective, I will have the producer send me a message and then all those consumers starting. And then you have a trace that is huge uh, because sometimes ta there are some tasks which is more like a batch. And then you end up with a two, two to three minutes tr uh, trace and an end-to-end -end trace, which is two to three minutes. Sometimes it's almost not usable because, you know, no, if you have a spans or a step of your transaction that is 50 milliseconds or 20 milliseconds in a two-minute time frame, a two-minute um, uh, trace, it's it's barely visible. You're not able to see and you don't understand what you should you should optimize uh, on by looking at the trace. So that's why it makes sense from an open term perspective. There is a, a there is a solution called span links, where in, instead of linking all the spans, so spans are sub-transactions, to the main trace, um, you can decide to say, oh, so here is the producer and then once a consumer starts, he will start a new trace, but he will link it to the producer. So as a consequence, you had you get different traces. So one for the producer and e one for each individual consumers. And at the end, um, you don't lose visibility because at the consumer level, you still have the link to get back to the producer. So this type of design, of course, uh, really depends on um, on. On your own implementations, if you have a distributed event-driven architecture that is, I don't know, transaction is very, very fast and very, very efficient, not too, too, too long, then maybe an end-to-end -end trace makes sense. Uh, but maybe if your environment, like I described, has uh, lots of consumers, the tasks are very long to process, then you will get traces that, like I mentioned, that will are barely visible. So that's where utilizing span links will be more efficient. Uh, so that that's what I, I try to explain on, on the episode and I explain how to build your spam links, how to propagate the trace context into your event messaging. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned. Um, this, this is going to be uh, released in, in a week or so, in a week or two. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, it was really exciting things, uh, you're building. So really, uh, I'm excited for all your future videos for sure. <laughs> Another than that, uh, uh, we got to explore various things with you and to know, to uh, know the audience, uh, he's also the, he's also organizing the one of the things which recently announced, which is KCD Australia. So if you want, uh, you can always contact to the Henry for any doubts. He will be more than happy to help you. Like, uh, like if you have, it's like common problems, like how to, how to build a 
what CFP were like, which can be accepted, which so what should be the essentials in that you can ask him. And then other than that, what what what. Uh, like what actually KCD Australia do, what actually happens in the Kubernetes communities, what actually happens in the CNCF communities, you can always uh, reach out to him. Uh, so Dynatrace is one of the nice nice company which has different products. Uh, go check it out about Hendrik work at Dynatrace because he is building awesome stuff and that's why I reached out to him and I invited for the podcast because I want to uh, invite the folks who are doing awesome things in the industry in the cloud native uh, presence. And they are like uh, building things which is helping the community in some or other way. So, if you are excited about learning the DevOps and cloud native technologies, uh, do check it. Do check our previous episodes on the cloud native uh, podcast. Uh, so it is we are trying to make a uh, make a videos where I will be inviting the folks around the world uh, who will share active things on the same. So previously we had the great chat with the Daniel about the land gates and how he's uh, helping society with the same. Similarly, Henrik is here. He has his own YouTube channel where he shares various things. So if you have any doubts, uh, if you want to learn about the open source projects like Linkerd, Istio, uh, Service Mesh and uh, like Hotel and all, you can always uh, check the YouTube channel. Uh, I will give the reference links out to the old uh, things which uh, Henrik talked about today in the uh, our YouTube channel uh, description and other than that if you have any doubts you can always comment in the description uh, sorry comments and uh, we will have more than happy to solve that questions and answer your questions so I would like to thank Henrik for coming to our Kudas Cloud Native podcast uh, if you have any last words to share with the audience they are the learners in the Cloud Native they are the learners in DevOps so go ahead Henrik so I would say uh, uh, learn things uh, and uh, don't hesitate to be part of an open source project. Open source project is not about coding. If you know how to do documentation, if you know how to present things, if you you will still be use uh, you, uh, be a valuable uh, assets for the project. So don't be shy and contribute back to open source. Awesome. So I guess audience will be also happy like we didn't. Uh, discussed today more on the platform engineering side I like platform engineering versus devops kind of questions but performance engineering so it is one of the new thing which you uh, learned today and also me so thanks thanks for having uh, th thanks for having us so, <laughs> bye bye thank you, thank you. Bye.